8 o'clock hour. Bobby's fist pumping. I guess he chooses when to fist pump today. This is my hour, 8 o'clock every day. Because RJ Choppy went home sick after the first 30 minutes. So all the best to Ralph getting better. I'm Sean Sharif. we got Peyton and Rai Rai in the back. We're live on the fan cam, Twitch, and YouTube. Thank you for turning it on, leaving it on. Adam Schefter. Wait, who sent me this? Let me give props to the Tolo. Oh, this is from Kevin Gray. Thanks to KG. Tolo, baby. Adam Schefter. It's not the first time and likely won't be the last. Carolina and Indianapolis discussed prominent offensive coaching roles with ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky before he opted to remain at the network. Man, that eye roll just almost took you into the hallway right there with your head going backwards. So Carolina and Indy discussing uh, offensive coaching role with Dan Orlovsky who was apparently talking with Jeff Saturday before Saturday got replaced in Indy. So wait, is this like, is this with Steichen discussing it with Orlovsky? Or was this with Saturday? And was this Frank Reich discussing it or Steve Wilkes? Carolina and Indy discussed prominent roles with Orlovsky. Is this a past report? I don't know. Or a current one. I don't know. It is funny to me that the two organizations that were talking about him with it were uh, the organization that is, is led by a a, notice, a a notable party boy who hired Jeff Saturday and then the other organization that's been accused of being racist. So, like, I mean, that's I guess that's not a surprise that those would be the two that go, yeah, let's bring Dan Rolovsky in. I don't know how you managed to try and tie that together with the Arizona one. But, but I did it, didn't I? <laughs> you tried to. Okay. Who is Kyrie Irving? Let's try to get to the bottom of this with a profile piece that you found the other day. Mavs against Denver tonight, the number one seed in the West, who are favored by six. Yeah, this was a a piece over at the... Uh, by the way, are you a fan of the term piece? Like an article, like, like calling it a piece? I, I've got a friend who he hates it. He's like, quit referring to it as a piece. Just call it an article. It doesn't get me worked up. So this is in uh, New York Magazine, and the headline was, What was Kyrie Irving thinking? He arrived in Brooklyn, a bona fide weirdo. He left for Dallas on even stranger terms. And this was written by Simon Van Zylen Wood. Three names? Yeah, that sounds like an author that Kyrie Irving would recommend, to be honest. Uh, So it, it leads off. It's basically trying to track down the day. It talks about the days leading up to the controversy in October uh, with the anti-Semitic link that he shared and leading up to that and then also trying to go back into his past in Cleveland a little bit to figure out where things changed. And so it was last fall on September 11th and Kyrie was spending the day playing video games. He was spending hours on Twitch. Which I thought he would be like above. I thought... that seems like him, doesn't it? Though? No, I think he. I, I would think he'd be above playing video games. I oh, think like that's, mind, that's mindless. Yeah, that's mindless. Like he, he j- apparently he does like so he's playing two K a bunch, and apparently he just uses it as a place to sit there and talk with the, his his fans because his fans are the ones who go in there. And nine eleven is obviously a a notable date for suspicious thinkers, as the article says. But same with two, Sean O'Hara, NFL Network. In two thousand one, it is it, it was a a really scary day for Kyrie Irving where his dad was a financier, former basketball player, and he was on an escalator beneath the World Trade Center and he had to fight his way through a jam at the revolving doors to get out in time. And so Kyrie Irving is like nine years old at school. His mother already died, uh, as Kyrie has said, of a drug overdose. 
Um, th there's no official word on that, but Kyrie has always said that it was a drug overdose. And so at nine years old, he was wondering if he even had parents, like if he was an orphan. Wow. And so early and again, on. fair or not, this always clicks in my mind. I'm like, okay, if something's wrong with someone, what's the parent situation? Like, if you watched the Kanye, did you ever watch the Kanye Netflix documentary? No, I did not. You're missing out. Peyton, did you ever watch it? Uh, no, I didn't. All right, not. well, screw you too. I will watch it. Kanye lost his mother, and it seemed like, it seemed like everything took a turn after that. So yeah. when I read this in this Kyrie article, I was like, Okay, like, mom, mom was gone, right? His stepmother represents him as an agent. Yeah, and he had he had talked about that in that Twitch chat. He was getting very reflective on the day and had told everybody, he said, look, your life is worth living. He told those struggling with loss to seek help, and, and he kept referring to them as his tribe and his family and thanking them for providing him a safe space to speak and called it their shared journey. So he's already a little bit of a different cat, but like this speaks to your conversation about the media and his reservations with the media that like he feels like I got to take my own like the, the own coverage of me into my own hands. And like this is where I can dive in. I can talk to people who respect me and aren't looking for clickbait, aren't looking for a story. They just want to hear what I'm I'm into and, and what I think about things. And in the stream, while he promised not to give up his day job, uh, he talked about the possibility of a new career playing video games professionally in which he could just commune in quietude with his digital followers. Uh, he had apparently mused before about buying a rural 200 acre plot where he could live and farm with friends and family where they needed, where what they need would be obtainable from quote, a wooden store and a teammate. Apparently by the people who are, love farms, Rugi Odor, give me horses in my contract. Sean Alexander at the Super Bowl. I don't want to mess with yeah, livestock. Yeah, but Kyrie, like, off the grid, on a farm, everything on its own. Yeah. And with that wooden He's store. Got a, uh, what, what, uh, I, have, I have a friend whose father-in-law has, like, the, and he's so rich, the father-in-law. And he's got, like, the underground bunker for doomsday. Oh, yeah. He's got millions of dollars. He's got gold down there. He's got, you know, uh, uh, spaceship, food. Whatever's in the packets. Damn. Uh, all that stuff. And that, that to me, like, Kyrie would be prepping for that, I would think. And so as he talked about this, and uh, I guess one of his teammates had heard him, like, posit this before. And so I'm like, are you familiar with Jonestown and, like, how that ended and what you sound like right now, dude? Like, this sounds weird, what you're describing. But he ended out switching off the game. He's playing a little bit longer. And this is where I think you get a good idea of his mindset is he told the guy, he told the listeners on Twitch, he said, I'm built to lead a tribe. Yes, I'm going to be one of the greatest basketball players ever to do it. That's cemented. But I'm also going to be remembered as having a great community. I'm going to impact way more people when I'm done playing basketball than I will playing it. And that is, that's in line, I think, with what we've seen from Kyrie Irving is he does view himself as, I want to say, like, I wanted bigger to say, than basketball. Yeah, I wanted to say profit. Profit's not the right word. But, but I do think he views himself as, a leader of people like like a a a spiritual beacon of sorts yes and when you listen to some of the discussions that he has here uh it's it's clear that that's where it comes from his contract was set to expire apparently where things really turned sideways obviously was the anti-semitic thing but he had come back they were playing well everything had been smoothed over they were one of the best teams in the nba after steve nash was fired yeah but because of everything that had happened, management was resisting the idea of the contract extension. Which they should have been, which is the right move. They, they absolutely should have, just like Dallas needs to really consider what they're doing uh, before they sign up for this. 
but apparently that was just insulting to Kyrie Irving, and that's why he wanted out. It's not like he had just given up on Brooklyn. Yeah. He wanted to go somewhere else. It came down to where's the respect? I thought we were past this, and you're holding stuff against me that is no longer relevant. And yeah. they've got the quote here from his first press conference as a Maverick that we talked about, where he said, I want to be where I'm celebrated, not just tolerated. And they said a source close to Irving parsed the breakup in similarly emo terms, comparing the Nets to a friend who might use you to get ahead in their career rather than a, quote, ride or die to whom, quote, you can tell your deepest, darkest secrets. So a ton of this for Kyrie Irving, it seems, is about loyalty. Yeah, it's amazing. Be loyal to me. And it's amazing. I've had nothing but positive impressions of Joe Sy in Brooklyn. Looking back on it, I think he overpunished Kyrie uh, for the, the Jewish story, the amount of hoops that they made him jump through. But otherwise, I'm like, man, Joe Sy seems like, yeah, he got petty with not taking the Lakers deal. But James Harden coming out the other day and saying, see, I'm not crazy. Look what happened. It's management. Kyrie is trash management. Well, part of the reason Durant got dealt out of there is because they felt an obligation and still a loyalty to Kevin Durant uh, because of the way he uh, conducted himself as a professional. So this is Kyrie and Harden trying to trash the Nets and saying it's just a bad organization when I, I've had I've had the opposite feel. I've had the opposite viewpoint. I know I I I'll disagree with you on the front of just I, I think he I think the hoops they made him jump through were necessary because he had just been so dug in. I'm like, just say no. You wouldn't have had to have jumped through the hoops if you just said no early on when they said, Are you anti Semitic? Just say no. Just like like uh, you know yeah. he's one of these TO guys. He can never like we put in behind the scenes, it's never gonna happen. But we put in an interview request with the Mavs for Kyrie. Maybe, you know, in a one-on-one situation, he'd be more likely to do it. What would you want to ask him? Like, what, what would be your top three questions? I, I would like to ask where, where he feels he's the most misunderstood. Yeah. I would like to ask, do you have, over the past two or three years, any major regret? Is there something you're really sorry for? Because I don't think he's really sorry for the anti-Semitic story. He proved that when he took down the tweet uh, the other day. And my guess is, and I hate people like this, no regrets led me here today. I I hate no regret people. I want to. I I I just I I got I, I they think that you know some proud stick my chest out. No, he just got me. Of course you should have a regret. You of course you have regrets. But I think Kyrie would answer zero none. He's too proud. He's I, too stubborn. I'd like to ask him. Like obviously things ended poorly in Brooklyn. Things ended poorly in Boston. Uh, you've been here for let's say we get him next week or something. You've been here two weeks. Does the like how is this first two weeks different from the first two weeks in Brooklyn and Boston where you thought it was going to go great? Like, like is there something tangibly different or something that you can point to and say this is a different culture? This is a different way that it operates than I'm used to. I'd also like to know like where is your basketball legacy on the hierarchy of importance? Like, you want to rack up rings? Like, is it truly like that important, or is it about spreading knowledge and? You know, enlightening people. It doesn't seem to. I mean, just the fact that he said there, he said, my impact will be greater when I'm off the basketball court. That seems to be what's important to him, which that's I'm not saying it has to be like, you know, well, Kyrie has to this has to be his whole world. No, right. it, it doesn't. This has, this has to be Kyrie's entire flat earth like this is the, the game of basketball. <laughs> but I, I do think that you 
you want that if you're going to make that investment, though, is you want somebody who's bought into that. But yeah, they talk about in early 2017 is when it really started to turn because this that's is when the profile where uh, it's from New York Magazine on Kyrie Irving. Yes. And this came out on Monday. Well, I'll tweet a link to it. You guys can see it on my Twitter. Um, but in early 2017, when Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson started the road trip and podcast, which became wildly successful, it's a podcast they would record on the team playing when they were flying. And Kyrie regularly jumped in over there and it, as the New York Magazine describes, provided a wider world with an unfiltered window into his free associative mind. He riffed on the possibility of a faked moon landing, noted the JFK murder took place just days before he tried to, quote, end the bank cartel, uh, recommended a book by uh, Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, who would gain notoriety as an alleged cult leader via the Netflix documentary Wild Wild Country. And most famously, he posited that the earth might be flat. As one NBA agent put it, did you ever grow up with a guy in high school who smoked a ton of weed who is constantly thinking about <laughs> S all the time? That's Kyrie. Yeah. So I'll be honest. Like, whenever Kyrie or, like, Kanye speaks, yes, my first alarm that goes off, I'm like, they're crazy, they're cuckoo. But I... He's not dumb. I do. That's where I'm going. I admit to, like, a little bit of insecurity about, like, my own intelligence because on one hand, I say these guys are belong in the loony bin. On the other hand, I'm like, they are definitely more well-read. They know more. They have more knowledge than I do. Like, it's clear. Now, whether they're believing in the right or wrong thing is different, but I feel like Kanye and Kyrie do take the time to, like, learn about a bunch of different stuff. And I'm like, are they just... Is the language that they're speaking in just a different psycho language? Or are they just so intelligent that they're speaking in sentences and words that I cannot comprehend. I have that self-doubt when I listen to Kyrie Irving and Kanye talk. I'm like, are they just like on another level above us in terms of their thought process? I, and their, You know what I mean? I think Kyrie's very smart, and I think that's why some of the things that he said, like some of the stuff he was pushing with the, the anti-Semitism stuff, I think that's why it was a problem. Yeah. Is because you are smart and you are a, a good communicator, and it's dangerous to communicate these ideas. And so I think that that was the the crux of that but in 2017 when he's doing that podcast he apparently has a very tight circle and this tight circle of guys who are a little bit offbeat is where he really started to develop some of this stuff and where he had started thinking about different things with the moon landing and and everything like that and when the flat earth thing came up uh Kyrie was saying you know that uh we we this is something that we have to ask you know and and are we sure that it's constitutionally round and that teammates were starting to think okay this is he really means this he's not playing around and so uh we're running out of time here but really quickly he did say uh that one of the things they talked about was winning in Cleveland opened up a void and he said years later it was like climbing up one of the tallest mountains in the world winning a championship but then you feel empty after that he had gotten really frustrated with the Cavaliers and wanted his own team, wanted to lead things his ways, which we talked about him. He leads a tribe. So after that, he wanted out of Cleveland. We've seen how things have fallen apart since then. And the final line here that I think is is really good is if Irving is a once in a generation talent on the court, he's also deeply uh, skeptical or he's deeply of his generation off it, fed by algorithms drawn to conspiracy, distrustful of a machine, even as it makes him rich, more alienated, alienated than ever. So there it is, the Kyrie profile piece as the Mavs look to get their first win with Kyrie and Luka together tonight against the number one seed in the West. Cannot wait for that. 
Can this get you to watch more baseball with spring training starting? And Bobby thinks this will get your kid into hockey as the Stars had another 3-2 loss last night. That's next with Sean and Bobby, 105.3 The Fan. Pasternak drops it to McAvoy, closes, Pasternak scores! Any way, any time, anyhow, they do it! Shut up. <laughs> Bruins TV. Any way you want it. The matchup last night at the AAC, the Boston Bruins take out the Stars, of course, by a score of 3-2 in overtime with a minute 16 left. Monty's return to the AAC. The Stars go 3-1-4 and four on the homestand. Five games in extra time, including four straight. Unreal string of extra time for the Dallas Stars. And if you went to the game, you got your money's worth yesterday. Sean Sharif. Bobby Belt, along with Peyton and Ryan. RJ Choppy is out sick today here on DFW Sports Station. And your kids will be asking you for season tickets apparently very, very soon. They will be because the NHL, Sean Sharif, is coming to the Disney Channel. I got sweat in my eyes. Lost Come on, Sean, dance. Hit every branch and scraped up both my knees. I got chased by a dog, bit by a frog. Okay, that's not Peyton. Is this their new NHL song? It's going to be on March 14th, baby. This is like their NHL intro song for kids. <laughs> that is the... Uh, or is this a famous song? I don't know about. That is the song from the TV show Big City Greens, which is a Disney Channel cartoon that's uh, come out in the last couple of years. And my kids freaking love it. And it's great. It's it's like you you want the the nice family themes and everything like that. It you know addresses naturally some uncomfortable situations that a lot of kids go through right now. Like for instance, the parents in the show are divorced. They talk about how it's how they're divorced and oh, how they still very progressive get along. Well, I mean, just in general, the reality of it, it's basically about this you know these back this backwoods family that moves to New York essentially. And so they call it Big City, but it's New York. It's it's, it's supposed like Randy to be Johnson's house. Yeah. So Disney is going to air an animated NHL game on March 14th. And I think this is a cool idea. So we've seen in recent years Nickelodeon do like the slime broadcast and everything. But that's still the NFL broadcast with Nickelodeon commentators who are trying to make it more fun, more accessible. I've always I thought that was a great idea. I thought it was great execution when they've done it. Uh, but this is kind of taking it to a new level. So Awful Announcing was writing about this. That per a Tuesday release, Disney is going to air a live animated NHL game that they're calling the NHL Big City Greens Classic. And on March 15th, it'll be available on Disney XD, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus. It's the traditional broadcast of the Capitals Rangers game will air on ESPN and ESPN Plus. But they're going to use NHL Edge positioning data, the puck and player tracking, to recreate the action on the ice as it's happening with the big city greens characters skating alongside animated uh, versions of the NHL players. So they're going to have animated NHL players with the live tracking. I think it's a cool use of the technology. Very smart. And it's something that that'll get kids into hockey. When I brought it up to my girls last night, like I just showed them the little trailer for, Hey, look, this is what it's going to look like and everything like that. And they're going to have big city greens characters doing the, uh, the play by play on the broadcast. 
then uh, my girls were like thrilled. And before my nine-year-old went to bed, she was like, is that, is the hockey game on? What? Yeah. And I said, no, honey, that's in a couple weeks. And so she's like, okay, don't forget. And so they're excited because they love big city greens. And the middle one already had done like a hockey camp once and she enjoyed it. She's talked about she'd like to go see a game. And so now that it's like kind of blending these two worlds, I think it's a brilliant idea from the NHL to try and yeah. reach like a younger audience. Absolutely. Uh, because I don't know whether these types of attempts have been made before in terms of like a Nickelodeon, like kids tie in. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. This is, I think, a fantastic no-brainer move. And the, the truckwreck.com fan text loves Big City Greens. Really? 972. How have I not seen this? Nine, I mean, it is more like it's pro- it's just out of Ollie's age range at this point. It's more my girls, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like right around there. Um, but get, yeah, get, nine, seven, two, Tilly and Cricket, four, three, two, big city greens. People love this. Prepping them for divorce. <laughs> it does, honestly, the mom wasn't even in the show for a little bit, and then oh, I think they, absentee mother. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but no, then she. I, I think Bobby it's just, taking care of the household. Look, look, I am, I'm I am just all joking. I, I am, I am all. You, you know, I'm all about. We we talked about just last segment with Kyrie. The, the parent situation and and I think it's it's best to have both parents there but I do think it's like that's an obvious reality for a lot of kids that age these yep. days and so it's nice that they can see oh here's representation of my family situation and it's in a positive way the parents aren't fighting has that ever been done before this, I don't know about on Disney that's brilliant yeah to like it, you know because I hear that you know there's a lot of controversy with you know uh sexuality, gender, like being introduced into kids' programs. Like Amanda hit me up the other day like, whoa, this all of a sudden, I I was not prepared for this in this cartoon, Uh, but to do it in terms of different family dynamics, in all seriousness, that is that is brilliant. Yeah. And probably should have been done a long time ago. And something that's like got a lot of people who are who are really into it. Now 817 says they have no noses. That makes me uncomfortable. They don't have noses. Like I think they just have dots on the characters. So it does look a little odd. But it's uh it it is a a it's a good show. It's a it's a a safe show for your kids to watch like without having to stand over their shoulder and to then combine it with hockey and hockey trying to reach a younger audience, I think it's really, really good. All right, let's see if that gets you into hockey. This will get me more interested in baseball. Derek Jeter. Jeter has been added. Man, you look nauseous already. I mean, they could have added Michael Young for half the price and had the same person. So. Derek, <laughs> Derek, thank God for you. RJ's out right now. <laughs> Derek Jeter, part of the big Fox pregame show was the announcement. Derek is joining Fox's MLB coverage with A-Rod, and he was one of the three people to get booed from the Philly fans. DeMarcus Ware Hall of Fame, Dak Prescott Man of the Year, and Derek Jeter got booed while walking out uh, for the intro as part of Fox's new team. I'm in. I'm interested. Now, I guess I said the same thing for the A-Rod cast, and I didn't watch one second of it when A-Rod was going to do, like, the Manny cast. <laughs> yeah. But I will I will be interested to see if Derek Jeter actually says anything on on set if he says anything while analyzing the game or has this brilliant great insight or he's critical of some people if he's safe usual Derek Jeter I'm out quickly but this will get me to watch a little bit more baseball uh from a national perspective who is uh, I'll, I'll check it out who who is the Peyton though like Peyton is not just like the, the guy biggest, who can't grow facial hair? Well, that's that's yeah, oh, that Peyton. Wow. Yeah, oh. no, uh, who's oh, Peyton like, like Peyton Manning is not only like one of the best of all time. Like I don't think you can just mirror it with like let's get one of the best of all time. I think you need like Peyton's brain and the way he looks at the game 
So to me, I was trying to think like, wouldn't a, a, a Manning cast type thing for baseball work better if you had one of these guys that we all are just like fascinated by the way they approach the game of baseball? Like, like to me, the first name that comes to mind for me would be like Maddox. Like, I'd love to see Maddox do one of those, which, by the way, yeah. Greg Maddox tweeting last night, Rangers, I'll see you guys in surprise here shortly. Ooh-wee. And uh, I saw Derek Holland tweeted that he'll be with the Rangers for spring training to, like, as a consultant or something. We can ask him about it in Crosstalk because he'll be here today. Is he coming in today? Yes, he is. Wow. And so, but Greg, Greg Maddox will be back around the Rangers. But, like, Maddox is the guy I think they're, I don't necessarily think of. And, and Maddox has a sneaky good personality. Yeah, he's funny. But this is Derek freaking Jeter. It is Derek Jeter. And, I, and I'm not saying they're clearly very high IQ baseball people. I remember you remember that viral clip from a couple of years ago of A-Rod, Pete Rose, and Frank Thomas talking like during a break about hitting approaches. Yes. And that was completely fascinating. I think baseball. I love listening to, to, to Pete Rose. Yeah, he's he's really good on it. And so that's, oh my gosh, a Pete cast? Could you imagine Pete? Like, they can't, obviously. That but could you imagine happen, a Pete? That would be the most entertaining thing possible. Yeah. But I mean, in Barstool general. Barstool needs to, like, sign him up for something like that. But yeah, they, they need some talent other than Caleb Presley. It can't just be him. I agree. <laughs> Overrated website. Uh, except for the pizza review. Um, but will you be interested at all? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, or do probably... you just hate Jeter that much? No, I don't. Like, I, I don't hate Jeter. Jeter's just, like, I do think Jeter's overrated. But I don't, like, I don't hate him. I don't have, like... A visceral reaction to him. All right. So Derek Jeter added NHL cartoons. Uh, Todd McShay with the latest draft pick for the Dallas Cowboys at 840 this morning. Bobby, you're using greed, a story about greed to make you uh, make you look better. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about greed. Uh, the first form of greed before we go to this study, uh, thanks to KG for tagging us in this, uh, Sports Business Journal saying it's official. Diamond Sports, which is Bally Sports, has a, a officially elected to skip its $140 million interest payment and entered a 30-day grace period. So uh, they are filing for bankruptcy. So okay, so what does this thing. mean for our games? Uh, right now, it's uncertain what it means, but there's some, uh, like specifically, I guess MLB is the one that I was reading yesterday. MLB specifically is in some, uh, the, the future is unclear and could be in jeopardy. And so that would suck. Brian was complaining about it the other day. He's like, I paid 20 bucks for Bally Plus and now it's going to go under. I think Corey got it the other day. Uh, so he bought it. I just went with Spectrum. So uh, this is a Dutch study. This was over at SciPost.org, which is one of my favorite websites. You see it in the prep Cypost. all the time. SciPost.org? Yeah, P-S-Y. Uh, like psychology. And so they always have, they're just cycling through every new study that's uh, hitting the internet. And this is an interesting one. A Dutch study published in Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin suggests that greed may be good for our pocket, but comes at a psychological cost, Sean. So when you're wanting to give one and two dollars at the open bar and I'm wanting to give 20, I'm more psychologically advanced than you is what it says. Oh, the findings revealed uh, that greedy people tended to have higher household incomes, but lower life satisfaction. Greed can be described as a constant desire to acquire more of something, often to the detriment of others. Yeah. Throughout history, greed has been denounced as an unfavorable characteristic. Yada, yada, yada. But basically it says that the research shows that people who are more, you know, not not so tight with the wallet. Yeah. Live happier lives. That's why Peyton loved his time with Molly. That's why I was I was feeling I was feeling the love Tuesday night at, at the Super Bowl party. And uh that's why you're just you're generally bitter and unhappy, well, Sean. First off, everybody <laughs> knows that I am not tight. You're not. You're very gracious. Uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not greedy. Um I'm trying to think who I know that this would apply. Choppy's kinda like Choppy's Choppy's kind of greedy. Like, you know, like yesterday, 
I don't know whether this is a fair association. So when Kroger brought us in the flowers, I know it was irritating Choppy. Choppy's a first pick guy, and he's going to go to the buffet first. Like, he has, like, he has like uh, only child syndrome where he thinks he's... No, 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 I'm sorry. He's got Bobby Belt sibling syndrome where he thinks he's not going to be able to eat. Like, he's got to get it first, and he's got no apologies. That always drives me crazy. When Bobby brings in breakfast and RJ doesn't say thank you, and he just reaches in the bag like, this is mine. I'm entitled to this, you know, like Bobby's role on earth is to feed me and bring me food. That drives me insane. So when they brought in the flowers, I know it was driving Choppy crazy that I was like picking out the flowers first because Kroger came because of me praising them. Why why can't I pick first? But then Corey Majors came in and took the final two flowers out of the room and took it into the conference room. And I was just watching RJ, and I could see him getting tense and start getting irritated. And the first moment he could ask Corey, like in the commercial break, why'd you move those? Why'd you take those? Like, because RJ thought his brain was going off. Corey's taking my flowers. And Corey's like, I'm really allergic to mums. I was not expecting that. Corey's like, I have a crazy allergy, allergic reaction to mums or something that was in the flowers. Oh, oh yeah. That, that, that's, uh, isn't the, isn't the mums, isn't that the... That's the giant thing everybody wears at homecoming, isn't it? A sash? like No, a mom. Isn't that what they're called? Peyton, you know yeah, that. You yeah, grew up in yeah, Texas the, high school. The girls wear the moms and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Where you spend $200 on it. it looks, it's huge. Yeah, so that's that's basically Corey trying to come up for an excuse of why he didn't have a homecoming date. So was Co- because I'm allergic to moms. So Corey took that <laughs> out of the room, and RJ, did you see him? Like He, yes, was, getting, yeah. he was getting flustered. Uh, so RJ's just like a me first. I want to uh, make sure I get the free sample, make sure I'm first in line. Uh, but But he is happy. I have no doubt. So I think that study is a bunch of BS. So stop going to the website. Uh, Todd McShay on who the Cowboys are adding to their team. Will Will McClay nail another draft pick? We'll talk about it next. Good morning, Metroplex. Hump Day edition. Hump Day. Rolling along here with RJ Choppy Sick. I'm Sean Treef. We got Bobby Belt, Peyton, and Ryan live on the fan cam, Twitch, and YouTube. Thank you for turning it on, leaving it on, and hitting us up on the truckwreck.com text line. Todd McShay with his very latest mock draft. And at number one, he has a trade at the very top. He has the Indianapolis Colts moving up from four to one. Do you understand it now, Texans fans? Is it sinking into all y'all? All y'all, all y'all not comprehending the end of the regular season? Why that was so stupid in terms of what happened? When you could have controlled your own fate even more, instead now you got to watch everything above you take place, or you got to give up some very important draft capital to try to get your quarterback. Now maybe their quarterback falls to them at number two anyway. Maybe C.J. Stroud is number one on their board, but McShay has the Colts moving up to number one to select Bryce Young for their new head coach Shane Steichen. And if you follow the script. This is what Jim Marseille possibly gave away yesterday at the Colts presser. We're not hiding. You know, no one can shy away from the fact what quarterback means in this league and how we have to look going forward where, where Shane and Chris really dig into this draft and really see where you're at. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? You know, there, there's many things you can do. Uh, they took Jalen in the second round. So, trade um, back. Yeah, trade back. So, um, <laughs> 
He likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a Twitter freaking quote. <laughs> he, he likes picks. Uh, uh, although the Alabama guy doesn't look bad, I tell you. Um, uh, it'll, be, it'll be exciting, and I think that shows um, that we have talent here, those games. So we're looking forward um, to Shane really coming in and utilizing that talent. So there's Ursay saying, yeah, trade up and Bryce Young. And that's exactly what Todd McShay has them doing. Is Chris Bauer, the GM, was sitting there like, shut up. Be quiet. No, Jerry. Don't show the Cowboys media the draft board. So that's what happened yesterday at the Steichen Presser. But Bryce Young, number one to Indy. Number two, C.J. Stroud to the armpit. Number three, Will Anderson, Alabama linebacker to the Arizona Cardinals, who introduced Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, that Philly wanted to run out of town. Number four, Jalen Carter, Georgia D-tackle to the Bears. A lot of people think he's the best player in the draft. So the Bears would move down and possibly get the best player in the draft. Seattle. Remember, they got a rust pick. At number five, Texas Tech defensive end Tyree Wilson. Sitting there going to Pete Carroll. Lions, Miles Murphy, Clemson D-end at six. Vegas, Will Levis, Kentucky quarterback as yesterday they released Derek Carr yeah Will Levis is I mean he's a really intriguing player the uh, he's raw the two really raw quarterbacks in this one are going to be Will Levis and Anthony Richardson from Florida and I there you know he played well in 2022 but it wasn't quite up to the standard that people wanted and there was a little bit of inconsistency and things like that but uh, I, I mean, he's a he's a big guy, and and he's an athletic guy for his size. He's six four two thirty, and so uh, he. I mean, he would be an interesting player for them to work with. That's my biggest concern is somebody like Washington gets Will Levis and is able to make it work. All right, number eight, Peter Skaronski. Skaronski, yep, really good player. Number eight to the Falcons, Anthony Richardson, Florida QB to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, the traits are off the charts with Anthony Richardson. That that dude is a a physical freak. And so that that's somebody with, you know, who's still got to work on, you know, accuracy and and becoming a, a real quarterback and not just a guy with all the traits. But the traits are all there. If you want to take a gamble on it, be my guest. That, that's not a bad pick. And then at 10, the Philadelphia Eagles. Clemson, defensive tackle, as they continue to add up front, Brian Breesey. Yeah, and he was I mean he was the former number 1 recruit in the country. I think like 3 years ago, he was the the top recruit. Uh and he he played well last year, but I, I still think there was a little bit of when you look at the course of his career, there's a little bit of an underwhelming trajectory that that didn't quite live up to the billing of man, this guy's the number 1 recruit in the country and he's going to be a stud and I think you would have liked to have seen a a more dominant play. Not that he was bad last year. It's just he wasn't he didn't quite play up to the level that I think people were really hoping where he could be in conversation as top three. That's not going to happen now. All right, let's jump around. Uh, TCU, maybe we'll have him in studio. Quentin Johnston mm. goes to the Texans at number 12. Uh, you got some, go ahead, interrupt. Yeah, no, just say, just a, 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 he is a really, really good player. I mean, we saw what a difference he made in the second half of the year. That's when they really started that run where they were taking, beating all those ranked teams. Quentin Johnston was arguably the most important player for TCU during that stretch. Made big plays against Michigan. Uh, Big-bodied, really impressive receiver. One question that I have about him that's a little odd is it looks like he struggles to get off press more than he should for such a big dude. At 16, the commanders, according to Todd McShay, would take Devin Witherspoon, Illinois 
corner. So there's a new pick inside the NFC East. Uh, and then we keep jumping around. Baltimore takes Bajan Robinson, breaking the heart of Bobby Bell and Brian Broadus. The Ravens take Robinson at 22 as Mel Kuyper had the Cowboys taking him at 26. Yeah, they got they got their Lamar Jackson replacement. So that, <laughs> that if they're picking him, I guess they're trading All Lamar right. Jackson. All right. Vikings take Jordan Addison. So good. USC receiver at number 23. Uh, Giants take Zay Flowers, Boston College receiver at 25. And then the Dallas Cowboys on the clock. Bobby, would you like to announce the pick? With the 26th pick in the 2023 NFL, Todd McShay, second mock draft. The Cowboys select Osiris Torrance, guard, Florida. Bobby Belt, tell us about him. No, thanks. Oh. I mean, like, like, look. Have you already watched him? Yeah, I've watched him. He's good. He's really good. And he he is a dominant run blocker. And he is a giant. He's like 6'5", 350. He's huge. And he moves pretty well for his size, but it's for his size. It's still like some of the lateral agility is a question with him. Um, Like I said, even though he moves well for how big he is, he's not getting up to the second level faster than, you know, a lot of other guards in the NFL just because of the size advantage. But he's a mauler. And, and, you know, he's, he's not bad in pass protection, but I just, I'm fine with where the offensive line is set right now. I I feel like you've got bigger concerns than the guard. Here's what McShay says. Uh, Torrance has allowed just two sacks over 47 career starts and more than 1400 pass block snaps with Connor McGovern's contract expiring. There's a hole on the line and Torrance is a brick wall against power rushers. He looked great at the senior bowl two weeks ago. Cowboys pick may come down to how the board plays out. They might be enticed by Bajan Robinson, given Tony Pollard as a free agent and Zeke wide receiver two spot behind lamb. needs consideration because Gallup did not make much of an impact last year. Death at corner and edge rush should not be ignored either. I'm intrigued by how the Cowboys approach these next few months and how the board sets up for this pick in April. So that's Todd McShay. And then just to finish on up with notables, the Eagles at 30, Another pick in the first round would take – you hear that, Jerry? They have two picks in the first round. Uh, not none till the fourth like the L.A. Rams. Uh, the Eagles getting Anton Harrison, Oklahoma offensive tackle. Yeah, he's – I mean, he's a he's a really good pass blocker. He's somebody that I'm guessing for them would probably be their right tackle of the future uh, with Mylotta sitting on the left side. But, uh, you know, good player. I, I don't have any qualms with, with that. I mean, I would have qualms with pick of – He's in the division, and you know you'd have to go against him. But I, I think he's good. That's so, a, that's one of Broadus's crushes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he likes him a lot. So, how many players have you watched? Oh, I'm like 30 in. I'm and, still behind. And you have to watch how many? I'll get up to. I'll probably get up to 150, 180 maybe. Okay, so how long does it take? Just behind the scenes, I'm just curious about the tape eval uh, process. So you're you're getting the tape of a player. Uh huh. What is it? How long? How many reps? Uh, I'll I'll generally sit through the whole game, so it's and, minimum. But it's cut up. It's it's just the it's just that side of the ball. So if I'm watching Anton Harrison, I'm watching Oklahoma's offense against a team. So it can be 30, 40 minutes a game. 30, so, 40 minutes for a game. Yeah, and okay. so I like to watch three over the course of the spring. But uh, you know, sometimes if I'm Short on, so you watch three games of a player, thirty to forty minutes a piece. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So I watch about an hour and a half of two hours of tape total. Done. And, and you feel good 
picking apart offensive linemen with technique and leverage and all that crap? Yeah, I like offensive line is one. I feel good about I feel generally good about my ability on offensive line play, like being able to evaluate that. Um I've I've felt where I've probably lacked a little, where where I most have my issues are uh the receivers give me some problems sometimes. And then uh I mean everybody What's the problem with the receivers? I've just missed. <laughs> like, that's all. I mean, I like I've, I'm looking at. I've missed on a lot of guys that I really liked, and so uh, like I mean, receivers one that has given me issues in the past, and then I I've been correct on a lot of quarterbacks, but quarterback is always difficult because you don't know how much they're in control versus the coach is in control. You don't know. Uh, a lot of times you're having to project out like, okay, well, they were only asked to do this at college. Can they do this? There's just so many questions about quarterbacks that make them difficult to project. So how long would it take for me to watch a player and be like, to have a sense of the round? Like, that's a second rounder, that's a fourth rounder. Because to me, that seems like a very hard part. Or do you guys just cheat off each other? No, no, no. We we all come like, down on different... Like, levels. that's definitely a fifth, you know, that versus that's no doubt first. No, I think a lot of times we kind of end up in a range. Like, generally, we will say, that's a first, that's a... But, like, the further you get out of the first round and get more to the... I think you start looking at, that's a second, or, like, that's a second, third. That's a third, fourth. You end up talking more about, like, a two-round range where you feel they, they belong. So that's Todd McShay with a guard coming to the Dallas Cowboys for now at number 26 with Mock Draft 2.0 on the home of America's team. There is a report that Luca isn't thinking about going anywhere. We'll tell you about it in the final hour of the Hump Day edition hump day. with Sean and Bobby on the fan. But let me tell you about the Eagles Nest, the place to be in Fort Worth on Boat Club Road. Sometimes I just like checking out this menu and some of the unique, awesome, delicious things that they have, like the cheesesteak egg rolls. Are you kidding me? I know it has to do with maybe a little Philly connotation, but I love cheesesteaks. Stuffed with Philly cheesesteak, uh, served with that sweet and spicy sauce. You got the nacho option. How about a ribeye salad? If you want to go ahead and eat a little healthier, but you still got that craving for that awesome steak. They got chili, Frito pie, chili cheese fries, the double eagle dog, and all the different wing options you could think of, including chicken fried. Get yourself to the nest. Order the Sharif sliders. The Eagle's Nest on Boat Club Road in Fort Worth.